today on CityCast Denver. Hi, I'm David Byrne. Of all the cities in the world, David Byrne chose us. The Art Rocker's mysterious new project, Theater of the Mind, debuted in Denver this fall, adding to a long list of quote-unquote immersive experiences popping up and charging big bucks. My producers Lizzie Goldsmith and Paul Caroli have both seen this big-ticket, big-spectacle show, and today we're talking about what it means for Denver's art scene and what the heck it even is. You don't know what you'll find in the theater of the mind. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Bree. Hi, Paul. Hey. We're here to talk about David Byrne's Theater of the Mind. Um, I want to start with... My personal take, in all honesty, I have not seen it yet, but I cannot tell from the marketing materials that they've released, like the videos, what it is. So, can one of you explain? They've really been to me keeping it close it to the yeah, close to the mysterious. chest. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't. I know it's immersive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know it is a not a traditional theater experience. What is theater of the mind? Well. I think it's the cultural event of the year here in Denver, personally. Mm, okay. But beyond that, I mean, Lizzie, do you want to get into specifics? Sure. So there's this warehouse that's been set up into, I think, seven different rooms. You you start out with, you get a name tag of a name that's not your name. You go into this room. It's It's set up like a funeral home. And then from there, you meet your guide who's going to guide you through this experience. There's... A bunch of different people who are filling this role. I think Paul and I had different guides. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they walk you through a lot of different sets. You have different experiences, do different experiments. Um, but you're on this sort of journey through the life of David Byrne. Yes, it's of. semi-autobiographical. That's uh-huh. a key point. Okay. Yeah, I read it. I read a review from our friend John Wenzel at the Denver Post. And when he was describing some of these scenes you're talking about walking through, I was like, oh, this is a very David Byrne experience. Definitely. Which we'll talk about a little bit later what a David Byrne experience is. But um, so it's immersive in the sense that you're in a small group, right? This is not... 16 people. Mm-hmm. 16 people. You walk in and you automatically become part of the ex- the show. Yes, any- I was Emma. And so there was designated points during the, the walk through these rooms where the the person the actor who was guiding our group our david uh addressed me as emma and and pulled me in in different ways oh. and i was china okay so every... i was jealous of our china china's a good role so there's different roles you're actually you have a role you walk in and have a role that's mm-hmm. interesting because i, I didn't they i didn't they you didn't, didn't feel they that didn't, involved they didn't involve me i wonder if it's different different for different they just um, pick different people interesting interesting so it's really a luck of the draw you might be fully immersed you might be partially immersed i think it's very beginner friendly i feel like i feel like some immersive experience you you do they just you throw off the throw you off the deep end you need to role play a lot and here like if if they do sort of talk to you it felt very much like 
you can kind of roll with it. They'll use whatever short or long answer you give and not put you on the spot too much. Okay. I, it felt like, it, I don't know if it was the same for you, but it felt very much like, oh, like this isn't my first immersive experience, but if it was, I wouldn't be too scared. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I think the other aspect of the, the immersion here is these like this, they're kind of like science experiments. So like one of the big themes of the show is perspective um, and it explores the, you know, how the mind works. So they've incorporated these different like illusions that play on your sensory perceptions uh, in different ways. So I don't know, I don't want to spoil any of them because they're all kind of cool and fun in their own ways, but you have your own experience with each one. Yeah. And memory is a big theme too. Mm -hmm. Like what you, what you think you remember is maybe not accurate. Do they test that in some way? Yeah, kind of. Mm. Different ways. Yeah. I mean, but it sounds yeah. like from what you're saying is like, I, I have to say I have a mild aversion to some immersive experiences, but for someone like me or someone who's never, like you said, done this before, it's not too intimidating where you feel like you have to be good at improv. No, not at all. Wow. Not at all. There's no demands on you. It's, it's for anyone. Anyone could go and have a good time and participate, I think. Yeah. So that's what the show is. Lizzie, what did you think of Theater of the Mind? Yes. Yeah, so, so I went with a friend who, who was familiar with David Byrne. And after we came out, he was like, that was less psychedelic than I was expecting. And I was like, that's a good, that's a good kind of way to sum it up in one sentence. So I, I, I think I went into it expecting to be reflecting on my life at the end of it. And I found myself reflecting more on David Byrne's <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's kind of had a really interesting life compared yeah. to the average person. Not saying that your life isn't interesting, but I'd like to reflect on his life, too. Right. Mm -hmm. It was an interesting combination of, you know, the things that are interesting about all of our brains. But then, but then like going on his sort of journey, it was interesting. And even as someone who didn't know much about him going into it, I thought it was interesting. But I was like, that wasn't what I was expecting. I think I was expecting a little more like kind of being pulled in and being this huge part of it. And um, I mean, the sets were amazing. I love, I love the sets. And they even, there were points where I was like, oh, like, like the smell and the, it's not just like this cool design. Like they really tried to engage all your senses with how, how you felt in these spaces, um, which I, I thought was great. I loved seeing what, what's the next room going to be? What's the next experiment mm -hmm. going to be? Like when it was over, I was like, oh, is that it? <laughs> really? Cause it's 75 minutes long. And I got to say, that sounds like a trek they keep it moving I, I, they keep it moving it, it did not feel it didn't overstay its welcome okay it was a solid packed 75 minutes of fun paul what did you think about theater of the mind well i i come to this as a david byrne fan but not like talking heads era david byrne yeah. more like his recent stuff i loved his 2018 album american utopia which he then adapted to a, a stage show that became an hbo special that spike lee directed and that whole album is about like it's just about the absurdity of life and like him as an older man looking back and kind of like celebrating how varied it is and how crazy it is that we all go through this world together. So I, I was going back and, and thinking about like what I liked about that and what was similar about this theater of the mind experience. And I think it's just that like really optimistic outlook on the diversity of life. Like one reviewer of that album said that he's like 
artistically evolved into sort of a Mr. Rogers type figure. And I felt that was even more appropriate uh, a description of his expression here in theater of the mind that it is an American utopia. It's so welcoming. It's so positive. It's so affirming. Like I can't imagine walking out of this and not be smiling. Everyone that we went through it with, my, I went with my lovely wife, Megan, everyone we went through it with. Hold was on. Happy. You just dropped Megan's name. Like people don't know. She is the Megan of the pizza. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Megan podcast from pizza fame. Week. Yeah. <laughs> from the Denver my pizza fill-in. podcast. <laughs> Temporary feeling. Um, but yeah, like after we went through, we were just like, we felt so friendly towards the other people we did it with. Megan even addressed, we were walking to our car and she addressed two other people we went through with as their names, their character names. And they, <laughs> they were just like smiling and laughing and like shocked to be, they thought it was still part of it. I think that Megan was still part I of the show. I can see Megan's vibe being misconstrued as, is she in this play? <laughs> In I real life. She does have a chaotic presence, yeah. <laughs> I think I had a quieter group because I kept really? feeling I wanted to talk to other people in the group, but I just like wasn't sure. Like I, cause I, my inclination, like I want to kind of be in character, but I didn't really, I couldn't really tell if people wanted mm. to be in character too, or if they wanted to more like, I'll do the experiment. I'll, I'll be here. They were happy. They enjoyed it a lot, but I, I, yeah, it was a little harder to read if that aspect was something they gravitated toward as much. So I think your experience in theater of the mind could really vary depending on what your group is like. Definitely. Like if you've got people like you, Lizzie, who like want to play or ready or game to play, it could be very different than like if you're in a group with me and I'm like, please don't get near me. Don't talk to me. Don't touch me. I am here against my will. not be wearing the goggles. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, I just want to touch on something that you said because we, we started getting into the David Byrne of it all. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a David Byrne sort of family in terms of he's from the boomer generation and he's this segment of Uh um, that generation who really looked at their parents and looked at the world that maybe they were in. This is a lot of like white, you know, middle-class folks, suburban style people. And he looked, he's always been examining that in Mm -hmm. his art and he's part of this era and generation of folks who have done this you see this artwork is very this theme is very present in mark mothersbaugh's work who's from devo peewee's playhouse is very much from that era but the talk 80s art rock 80s art rock art school dropout a lot of stuff that was happening in new york and los angeles at this time was examining this weird nature of the 50s. The B-52s are one of the greatest examples. If you look back at their earlier work, you can see the weirdness that they're interpreting from their childhood. And David Byrne does it in a different way where he is not cynical. Yeah. One of my favorite movies of all time is his movie, True Stories, from 1986. It sounds very similar to American Utopia, except for it's a different era of his life. I've never seen this. I got to see it. It's It's an examination of suburbia. It's an examination of the mall as the town square. Um, But you just touched on something that I had never thought about. It is lacking cynicism and it's more of a curiosity. And I think that even if you're not immersed in the David Byrne-ness of the world, I, I definitely think it has shaped my viewpoint and how I view art and experiences as David Burns and, you know, and the Paul Rubens and the Mark Mothersbaugh's of the world have, and John Waters have shaped what I think about the popular culture we experience today. He just does it in a way that's not poking fun. It's more like, what is this life? And you hear it in his songs. I mean, I was just thinking, I was like, as we were getting ready to talk about this, I thought, 
Everybody knows Talking Heads songs, whether they know they, they're Talking Heads songs, right? Burning Down the House, Psycho Killer, and She Was, Once in a Lifetime. If you listen to those songs, you will pick up on these same themes that you guys are talking about in this show. And you may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, I just wanted to sort of set that set the table there for folks who maybe don't know who David Byrne is, but you actually do know who David Byrne is. And I'll say that I I came in yeah. with this not knowing David Byrne and you know vaguely knowing of the Talking Heads and all this and and that was actually one thing before I had this experience. I talked with one of the assistant directors, uh, Betty Hart, and she she was telling me how she didn't know much about. I mean, is she knew more than me about David Byrne, but that a lot of his his work in visual arts wasn't something she knew. And she described that curiosity as well, that sort of childlike wonder that spans decades, which is really sort of this is kind of infectious sort of thing. I could get why she'd be excited about bringing this person's vision in particular to Denver. It's so inviting and it's so relevant because the world is like horrible right now. Like, yeah, I mean, so cynicism is in every in everything that we look at, even in, you know, the way that we view the news, the way that the news is delivered to us. I mean, this also then I think the backlash a lot of times from that viewpoint is cynicism. And so maybe to see something like a David Burns take on how he views the world in this moment is what we need. Well, and that's what he's doing with this show is he's inviting you to step outside of the perspective that you might have gotten too set in and think about the world in a different way. I think that's what the whole thing is about. And it was it was just beautiful. So, Lizzie, I'm wondering, OK, again, you weren't super familiar with David Byrne, but you uh, you can see how this is like a huge thing for Denver to get right to, to yeah. score a David Byrne production that's going to run for a long time that has a lot of opportunities for folks to see it. But um, can you tell me about how this ended up premiering in Denver in the first place? So that's that's a fun story. Um I mean, it's thanks to Charlie Miller, who's sort of the head of Off Center at DCPA. Hi there. Hello. Which is their kind of the the, the sort of immersive experiences, these sort of non-traditional spaces and works. So I'm in the box office for Theater of the Mind right now. And he really was able to like pitch it to David Byrne himself. David and Mala did an early version of what is now Theater of the Mind in 2016 called Neuro Society in Menlo Park, California. And a friend of mine happened to go to that show and called me immediately after and said, you've got to figure out how to bring this thing to Denver. It is awesome. So it was on my radar since then. And I tried to get in touch with David without any success at that time. Um, fast forward two years and I was connected to Nate Koch, who's a New York-based immersive producer. And he and I just started talking shop and found we had a lot in common and a lot of shared interests. And he told me one day that he had just signed on to this project with David Byrne that was a neuroscience project and that they had realized they wanted to become a piece of immersive theater. And I said, oh my God, I've heard about that. I want to bring it to Denver. And we started seriously talking. And when David toured American Utopia through Denver, um, I got to meet him and showed him a warehouse I was looking at for another project and kind of talked about 
my interest in trying to bring what was now theater of the mind to Denver and all of the um, support that DCPA off center could bring to the table. We have an incredibly talented team of artists and technicians and artisans who can build these shows and have experience building a big immersive work. And we have an audience that's hungry for it here in Denver. And so it ended up not being that difficult of a sales job because it's a super ambitious project. And I think David and Mala saw Denver as sort of the best path to getting it to its world premiere. So we started working. Uh, we really committed in early 2019. And then uh, we were scheduled to open in August of 2020. A couple months before that, everything shut down and we had to pause. And then fortunately, we were able to get it all back together and make it happen now. And that Mala person Charlie mentioned, that's the that's the co-creator, right? Mala Gonkar? Yeah. So Charlie Miller said, hey, we have this part of our theater community that's really open to interesting and new experiences. And I have a feeling that Charlie Miller was also like, and I think we have the audience to support something like this. Because to bring a show this big, you've got to kind of guarantee that folks will sign up to go see it. Yeah. Well, and it, it sounds like Denver is pr- pretty like... Denver's a pretty big leader in the immersive space as well, which I don't think that's something that, I mean, people who work in that space know that, it sounds like, but not necessarily the average Denverite. So maybe this is something to put put it on the map, you know, like, I don't know. Huh. I like that. Yeah, because sometimes when we talk about it, it feels a little bit passe, but maybe it's not that for other places. I think also it taps into this um, nature that Denver embodies to me which is uh what i call like the queen city wasteland like we were nothing to so many people for so long that it allowed us to experiment in ways because no one was watching and i think that that cultivated a lot of different um veins and and disciplines of art because people had the ability to do whatever and try whatever and it helped to cultivate something that eventually could attract someone who was doing big stuff at the experimental immersive world like david Byrne. So, Lizzie, you're our theater expert, (laughs) and I wonder how you feel about this sort of trend of immersive experiences and how theater of the mind fits into that. Well, I I feel like I am not as much a typical millennial in that I feel like, you know, it's 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 my age of people and younger who are often gravitating towards, you know, these outside of the main theater spaces. Like, let's try something new. And I'm like, you know, I'd I'd like to see Les Mis. (laughs) (laughs) So so I haven't done a lot of immersive stuff um, before. I've done a couple this year and it's been interesting. And especially as I've been sort of trying out acting as like a hobby and kind of getting to sort of flex a little bit in those spaces. It's fun. I feel like there's such a huge difference in immersive. What counts as immersive, what qualifies as immersive. Like everybody likes to tack immersive onto things now. And I guess immersive theater is, is different. But I think there's been some fun stuff lately. I want to keep an eye now more than before on what Off Center is doing. One thing that's great is that the people who are playing the guides, they're all, you know, local people who are working in the theater scene. And I think this could be a cool jumping off point to work that those, you Yeah, know, I mean, arts... they're building an expertise here in this new realm. So they right. go on and they'd be more qualified to do the next one. I mean, I'll shout out a couple of our, you know, friends of the show. We had yeah. past guest Janae Burris. She plays David sometimes. And then also 
former guest host last year and a good friend of the show, Donnie Betts, who I think would be awesome playing this role. I would love to go back and do it again with Donnie. So, Paul, I want to ask you, um, I'm thinking about Lizzie as the theater person Mm -hmm. in this conversation. Me as like a David Byrne, not a fanatic, but I'm so well versed in his work. And I think I represent this kind of super fan but you're not really either of those things. I know you said you're a fan of his more recent yeah. music, but like to me, you represent the the perfect ticket holding, the person they're trying to attract, someone who isn't connected to the theater world or David Byrne, but is maybe curious. How did you feel about Theater of the Mind? Well, I was excited about David Byrne, like I said. Um, a little bit hesitant about the $60 price tag, mm-hmm. but Megan and I have just made a priority recently, especially feeling about you know, Denver's like cultural scene, maybe not being as rich as some of the other bigger cities that we've uh, lived in and visited. So we've just told ourselves like, we got to do everything, everything big that comes here, we got to try it and do it. And so this, this was a a perfect fit for us. And, and we loved it. It it, totally worth it. In my opinion, exciting, brand new, I'm a novelty hound. And so the way (laughs) that this interpreted immersive theater was like very interesting. And I loved thinking about how I might design an immersive theater experience. That was fun. Um, I've been sitting on an idea since I saw it. Can I can I pitch something to oh, you all? Oh, yeah. go for it. Okay, so this whole thing is kind of like a tour through these, through these several rooms that, that your quote unquote David takes you on a, a tour through. I would love if Meow Wolf started offering story tours of their museum. Like if they had a character or a couple characters that you could interact with and sort of take you through the rooms and link them together with a story, that would be so cool. And what a moneymaker for them. That's a free idea for Meow Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) I like that thought too, Paul, because I, again, I'm so well-versed in Meow Wolf as an entity, where it came from, how it originated, the artists that were part of it, the artists here that helped create it. So when I go through it with someone, I say, oh, this is this person's work and they worked in this and that. But like, if you don't have that experience, maybe you don't, there are a lot of different ways to experience it. And I would love to see somebody take that and use it as a stage. Yeah. It's a great idea. I mean, yeah. I definitely had Meow Wolf vibes going through it. You know, there was, there was a room where I made me think of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You yes, know? right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so it was it was trippy. It was, it was fun. One thing I will say I did not love being immersed in, and maybe we could talk about the location where this thing is held, because it's not at it's the not performing at the arts. It's not at the right. Yeah. It's at the old, um, I mean, Jonathan Shikes talked about this last week. It's at this new thing called York Street Yards, which is a former army medical depot that's been adaptively reused into a business park where there's like a couple of artisan style shops and there's a brewery. Um, So it's just like a 40s, 50s-ish era brick building complex. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, But the thing that I don't like being immersed in over there is the smell from the Purina plant. (laughs) It is so overpowering. When we were walking out of this thing at the end of the show, oh my gosh, how unpleasant. And it's not super accessible via public transportation either. I took the bus to get mm. there. It was a couple buses. It was a bit of a walk. And and so, yeah, it makes it a little harder. Because, you know, when I, you, you don't know, I didn't know what the parking situation was going to be like. I'm like, let's just take the bus. Let's do this experience. Oh, and it's, it feels you farther optimist, out. Elizabeth. <laughs> or pessimist about parking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, rest assured, if anyone out there is interested in seeing the show, there is copious parking. You're not going to have a problem. <laughs> Should have had you go first, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What would you two like to leave folks? 
works with to entice them to go see theater of the mind. Hmm. Hmm. Without giving too much away. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. I think people have to go and experience I, it for themselves. Okay. Having experienced it, I definitely get why there was that layer of secrecy. On, especially on what the experiments are. You know, I know that was something they really were not wanting to talk about, which I think you need to experience those kind of coming in, not knowing anything. I think it's helpful knowing that, hey, you're walking through, it's auto, semi-autobiographical. You're like who your guide is and kind of what the trajectory is of it, I think is helpful to like ground you in the space. Cause I think a lot of the things I'd seen before was like, go on a tour, it's theater of the mind, it's explore the mind, <laughs> which is all well and good, but it's really abstract. It, and, it so is. Yeah, that was so my is. biggest problem with the promotions was I was like, what? is this yeah I'll, I'll tell you so funny funny thing i there was a there's a bit on the website that was talking about you know how sensory this is and the faqs and it mentioned if you have allergies don't opt for the tasting portion basically mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god the tasting portion i, know I have to say back to like junior high where i was like blindfolded and like try having to guess what things were and i'm like oh my god you also mentioned smells and i'm like a super smeller so smells are upsetting to me okay yeah i was like i think I the only don't. smell is the is the pet food after the show i don't think i don't remember a smell <laughs> from some some attic-y smells like yeah toward the end there i don't know there wasn't okay. a lot okay, okay. i think so, i know what you're talking about. but what i'm taking from you two is believe the hype the secrecy is for a good reason. It's worth it. Yeah, don't be scared. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 60 bucks is 60 bucks. You make your own decision about that. But this is like a really cool new thing in a world-class artist who chose Denver to bring his, his latest creation to. Yeah, let yourself get swept up in it. It's fun. Lizzie and Paul, thank you so much. Thanks, Brie. Thank you. And before you do, I was actually going to ask, is there anything we didn't cover that you would want to mention? Um, we didn't talk about the fact that David Byrne is not in it. I, I mean, I sort of alluded to that, that he was here to create it, but uh, you will not see David Byrne in the show. You will be guided by a local performer uh, who will uh, give you an, an amazing experience. And that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell David Byrne about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. See you later.